So we're fixed up in the new book. Book is the book of Colossians. Colossians is the new book. And uh, to give you somewhat of an idea about uh, Colossians, uh, to give you an idea, we know that Paul is the author of the book. We know that he wrote the book based on what's written in the scriptures. Uh, we also know that uh, Colossians, believe it or not, was one of those uh, congregations that were established where Paul never really ever went there. Well, we may or may not know it. But Colossi is one of those uh, congregations where uh, Paul really never went to. Colossi was one of those cities where the city itself appears to have been in decline. Meaning, meaning uh, that it was prominent at one time, but it was not popular or prominent anymore. One of the reasons why, because they had uh, laboring cities, Laodicea and Hierapolis, they seemed to become more important as cities. And travelers were using a newer road that went through the other two cities, which eventually bypassed Colossae. So if people were going to the other two cities, they weren't going through Colossae as much as they used to, now that there was a new road. And so it looks like uh, this particular congregation may have been started by one of the brothers, the Papyrus. And we'll see that later on in the book. And it looks like uh, he wasn't alone, but maybe perhaps Epaphras and Timothy were there to help get the church uh, started. And it's believed, again, that maybe Paul may have written this book uh, somewhere in the, uh, around A.D. 60, somewhere around there somewhere around about the time uh, that he was imprisoned in Rome the first time. And so uh, it may have been written around about the same time of the book of Philemon and Ephesians and, and maybe Philippians. But we don't know, or at least uh, scholars are not completely sure as to which book was written first. And so it looks like Paul was writing this letter, even though he never actually visited Colossae. It looks as though he was writing a letter based on the information that uh, Epaphras had sent to him. And so where we are going again is in the first chapter and the first verse. Again, normally, as with most letters, it always starts with Paul introducing 
himself. Now they may have not seen Paul before, but I'm sure that they have heard of Paul. Amen. And so Paul starts out and says, again, Paul, again, he notes that he is an apostle of Jesus Christ, right? By the will of God and Timotheus, our brother. So Paul tells us that he is an apostle, right? And we've seen uh, passages of scripture where, again, Paul uh, had talked about him being an apostle. He said it in various other scriptures. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 1. He told him again that he was Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. He also said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 1, it says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. He also said it in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 1. Again, he lets the writers know, I let the hearers know that he is Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So here again, Paul is letting us know that he is an apostle, right? Amen. And he didn't get this uh, through somebody else. Paul lets you know that he's an apostle of Jesus Christ. How do we see that? If you go to the book of Galatians, right? In Galatians uh, chapter 1, He lets you know that uh, in verse number 11, right? So where he got his gospel from and where he he's got his calling from was the Lord. We already know in Acts chapter 1 when he was on the road to Damascus. Amen. Right? I'm not Acts chapter 1, I don't know why, it's chapter 9, Amen. I believe it was, and that's chapter 9, he was on the road to Damascus, and, and he was struck, right, in the bright light, and so we know that he was called to be a preacher then, and again, in Galatians chapter 1, uh, verse number 11, Paul says, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man, right? For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ, right? So he got his gospel, he got his understanding, uh, because one of the things that one needed to be was to be taught by Christ. And to be an apostle. And so Paul lets us know that he got his teaching by uh, revelation Amen. of Jesus Christ. And so when we get back 
to our book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse number 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, he says again, by the will of God and Timothy, our brethren. Right? So, to let us know, again, Timothy is somebody that Paul has spoken about under many occasions previously. And so Timothy was the young preacher. We learned about Timothy, how he was taught by his mother and his grandmother of the gospel, right? And so he tells us that Timothy is our brother. So now he's reaching out and he's saying, in verse number two, he's saying, again, writing to who? He's saying, here's the word again. It's to the saints, right? We had this discussion, I believe it was the last time we had Bible study, I believe on Monday night we talked about how a saint is someone who is just uh, not a Christian, but someone who is elevating their life as a Christian. Someone who is holy, someone who is separate, someone who you can look at, and someone who is doing the will of the Lord. Because you are, again, he's writing to the saints, and not only to the saints, but he says, and faithful brethren Mm. in Christ. So, there are saints, but then he mentions again, uh, he mentions that there are faithful brethren in Christ Jesus. When you see this faithful uh, brethren, right? What does that Comes to mind. What comes to mind when you think about that, right? Amen. Faithful means that they are trustworthy, right? Amen. All right. Subjectively trustful, believing, faith, sure, true. That's what strong definition says about faithful, right? And they are brethren, right? That means that you are fellows together. Amen. You are step and step with one another, right? In other words, we're going in the same direction as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're here to support one another. We're here to to uh, do what we can to help one another stay uh, in the faith, right? Amen. So he says to the saints, right, and faithful brethren, in Christ, we're in Colossians chapter 1, verse number 2, Amen. right? Which are at Colossae, right? So let us know he understands who he's writing to, Amen. right? He's writing to the saints and the faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. So as always, he's saying grace be unto you. What does he mean, grace be unto you, right? He's saying, don't you all need grace? Mm -hmm. Don't you want to have grace in your life? Mm -hmm. He says, grace be unto you. Mm -hmm. We all need grace, right? We all need an unmerited favor of God. We need God's blessing Mm -hmm. in our life to have the grace. He says, grace be unto you and peace. Oh, boy, right? Talking about grace and peace, right? Amen. 
That's what we need as Christians in our lives. See, sometimes it may be crazy all around us. Right? Within right. our lives, uh, we may have turmoil in our lives. But on the inner man, there still can be peace. Amen. And he says, grace be unto you and peace from God. Not peace from yourself. Mm-hmm. But the peace that you get, it comes from God. Our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What a beautiful thing to say mm-hmm. to your fellow brother and sister. He's telling them again, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number three, the Bible says, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. We give thanks. Right? Should we be giving thanks to God? Mm-hmm. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Why should we thank God? Because we can't do anything for ourselves. Can't do perfect for ourselves, right? Mm. Well, thank God, right? I mean, this morning, we should have already thanked God. Amen. Mm-hmm. This morning, we should have already thanked All God right. for allowing us to see another day. Amen. You know, days run into days, and days run into weeks and years, I mean months and years, right? And each and every one of those days is by the grace of God that he wakes us up. Because some people don't wake up from their sleep, right? And so again, we ought to be thanking God. You ought to be thanking God no matter what your situation is, right? Right? Uh, we ought to be thanking God, right? And so we see other passages of Scripture where Paul has talked to other churches, again, about thanking God, right? Amen. Like in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 15. I'm sorry, not that one. Uh, Colossians First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 4. He says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God, which is given you by Jesus Christ. Right? Why well, are you thanking God for another, right? Amen. So even in Romans chapter 1, verse number 8 and 9, Paul writes, For I first I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Hmm? That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of the Son, that without ceasing I may mention of you always in my prayers. Amen. We ought to be thanking God and praying to God on behalf of the saints. Amen. You know, this morning, when you got up, maybe perhaps you said a prayer. For somebody, right? I know I said some prayers for some of you. Amen. On this morning, and we should always be praying for our brothers and our sisters in Christ. Amen. But we know that prayer is powerful. Amen. We know that prayer is a way that we can get our message directly to the Creator. Amen. Directly to God Himself. 
And so because we have this wonderful privilege, we should always be thanking God. Amen. Because guess what? Your situation could be worse. It certainly could. Right? It surely could be worse. And so Paul in verse number three says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Praying always. Is that something that we do? Praying always? What do you think? I don't think I don't think we pray enough. Okay. I mean, we might get up in the morning and pray, we might think about it in the night and pray. But to be honest, you should, God, you should be praying every step of the way, every minute of the day. Even when you're doing something, you should be praying. You should be thanking God every step of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, Paul talks about praying without ceasing. Amen. But, you know, we, we, we do have to eat. We do have to sleep. We do have to drink. Right? Those sort of things we must do in order to survive. He's not talking about praying 24-7-365, but he's saying praying often. Right? But your mind, How, sorry, but um, your mind, you, you might be eating, you might be drinking, that's the activities of your hands. But your mindset should be such that you, you're always in, in talking to God. Because you're under your mouth, don't have to necessarily speak. What I'm saying, my point was that the things that we need in life, we must eat, we must drink, and we must sleep. Right? Those are things that are constant in our lives. Or else we won't survive. Right? We won't live. No, you can't you can't live too long without having no sleep, no rest. The body has to have rest, right? The body has to have energy and it has to have water or else these things will cause us to die. That's why I mentioned those things. But there are still opportunities throughout the day or within our lives that we could pray more. I agree. We should be praying more. Mm-hmm. And notice what he mentioned, that he's praying for them. We should be praying for each other. Amen. More. You see, but oftentimes, I think we tend to pray for ourselves first. Right? I mean, if you look at probably more the abundance of our prayers, our prayers are a lot of times talking about or mentioning us, ourselves, our family. Right? Our children, our grandchildren, right? We mention a lot about the people what we consider to be in our close family ties, right? Maybe brothers, sisters, aunts, cousins, right? But how often do we pray for each other? I'm saying, do we pray for each other by name? This is what he's saying in this passage, right? Amen. So even in the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians, chapter 
3, verse number 10 through 13. Paul writes, Night and day, praying exceedingly, that we might see your faith, might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. You see what he's praying for? Yeah. Right? That, that might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Now God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you and the Lord makes you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. To the end we may establish your heart unblameable and holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's all the same. We want to be praying for everybody, right? That you all stay steadfast in the faith. That you have more faith, right? That we serve God. And that we'll be ready when it's time for him to come back. Amen. You understand that? Mm -hmm. Right? So we have to be praying. I want to pay emphasis. Praying always. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the things also we can uh, grasp from this is um, the reason why he's praying always for them. Mm -hmm. It is not like they, they, they are not doing something for prayers to be rendered on their behalf. Sometimes if there's idleness or person is thinking of, um, you don't sometimes remember them, but Paul says, I'm, I'm praying always uh, since I heard. Mm -hmm. So the, something motivates that prayer always, because since I heard, uh, we heard of a destruction that happens uh, with the church somewhere. It, it motivates us now to go into certain prayer. Since I heard of your... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Since I heard, uh, since I heard of your faith in Christ and your your and your love, which uh, you have towards all saints. So since I heard these things that you're doing, and mm -hmm. since I heard your faith and how you're expressing that, I mean, I I'm 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 praying always that God strengthen you and that God gives you uh, the strength to uh, just do more and have your faith your faith expressed more. So a lot of times, I believe what Paul also is um, expressing here is that also something motivates uh, our, our prayer in a way because of what we have also heard from what is going on amongst the saints. Something, something motivates that or reacts that because of the reactions um, of the saints. All right, pretty good. So keep in mind that Paul never met them. Brother Tonkos was talking, again, wanted to pay emphasis that Paul never met the church at Colossae. And the reason why he's writing is because of the things that Epaphras has told him. Paul's in prison and writing these letters to the churches. And he's writing to them based on the information he's receiving from the peppers. 
And so that's why he's able to say, like you say, in verse number four, since we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which he has to all the saints. Again, uh, he's telling them about something that they have heard. He's heard of, again, of their faith in Christ Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important for us. Oh, go ahead. Just, just a question. Just out of, out of curiosity, I guess. Just today, in today's modern time, does the church, I mean, write to each other for you know to give encouragement to to a minister or elder or whatever the case may be to another? congregation within the faith, do we still practice that? Yes, there, there are letters that go to churches. Uh, it used to be more so before internet. Let's just say that. Uh, before the internet, uh, I, and I'm dating myself of course, but before the prominence of internet emails, and social media and those sorts of things, churches did write letters to other churches, uh, inviting them uh, from leadership to leadership, encouraging them, sometimes again admonishing them, right? Uh, so there was more of that that went around. Whenever something was going to take place, you would send a letter out to many churches, right, and put it into their mailbox. That was the way uh, we used to communicate a lot with churches, right? Besides, of course, following uh, leadership, but that's the way it used to be done. But in today's day and age, uh, we don't write letters so much in the sense of a physical letter. And you have to keep in mind, that was pretty much what they had at that time. But they didn't have the technologies that we have, that we could reach people all over the world with our communication, right? But do you do it though? I mean, put apart from the letter, do you, would you call a minister from another congregation to just for encouragement and upliftment and all those things? You know, do you all practice it? Yeah, first I was okay to answer that. Go ahead. Our, our once a month um, monthly meeting is designed for that. Mm -hmm. So when we get together, uh, we get together not only to call, but to see and to hear about what works going on or what congregations are doing Amen. and um, what, um, how we can help um, not only collectively but as a group. Um, um, so our monthly meeting that we have is, is what we do. Um, and then, um, like, um, the brother who just wrote a book, I mean, uh, hidden. Uh, his thing was throughout the brotherhood uh, text message and people congratulate brothers and tell them. So, I mean, uh, somebody who, who, who have uh, death in their family and it's on there and the brother who died, uh, it's, it's posted in that uh, preacher's uh, meeting room and uh, we pray, uh, we, we give our condolence and all the other other stuff. So um, when you when you think about the way things were, um, 
uh, we don't have to walk four days to get somewhere no more. So it's not really that you have to actually write a letter uh, because that's how things used to happen. They write a letter and really somebody has to carry that letter. That's the only way to get it done. So in our modern days, we do the same thing, but we can do it in an instant. We can, we can do things uh, by communicating uh, information to one another through all those other names and meetings. So we have more access. Like just like we, we used to have, have, to have meetings. Had to come to have a meeting. <laughs> you don't come. You would never been a meeting. We could be half around the world and still be a part of the meeting. So we live in a different time, yeah. and things are when you when you when you're comparing then into this time, you have to think about all of the uh, advancements that we live under, uh, and then you have to include that in that uh, thought. So that you can come up with the right thinking about it. Yeah, that, that's absolutely correct. That's what I was going to bring up. What Brother Southport said. You know, we, we get together on a monthly basis, either virtually or in person, and talk about things. We talk about with some of the congregations that have started opening up. We talk about what we've done here so that we can stay open. Right? Encourage them on what they could do and how uh, they should move forward with opening up. You know, some congregations are just starting to reopen. All right. And so, you know, we've encouraged and we have these various uh, things. Like, just like you always know that Pierce Street had a thrift store looking for volunteers and a hairdresser. Right? If there wasn't communication, right? And so they communicated, right? You would know again that they had COVID-19 shots that they were given, right? Because again, they communicated. When Deerfield was working on trying to get and help people get the vaccination, the information came to that type of meeting to share with the churches all throughout. Wow. So that everybody can benefit from the information. Yeah. It may not be in a letter form like we have written, like Paul wrote an inspired letter, but there is information that we share with one another that we continue to pass on. Even if they're going to have a meeting, they've had virtual meetings, we put that information out, right? If they're going to have like the lectureship we had in this area uh, just before the pandemic, yeah. right? We all went to the lectureship because there were churches of Christ coming from different parts of the country, right? Come and participate in the lectureship. So that's how we disseminate and share and spread information within the brotherhood, right? But we always should be praying for each other, right? Amen. We should be praying for the efforts that all the churches are doing. Doesn't matter if you're a local church or if you're a church in Korea. Mm. We have to be praying for all brethren everywhere, right? Yes. And we should be praying for brethren all the time. As long as someone is proclaiming the gospel of Christ, they are the church of Christ, and doing the will of God, we have to be praying for them. We may not know them, we may not see them, but we still can pray for them. Amen. Right? So, again, 
Verse number four. Paul writes, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which he has to all the saints. Right? He says, we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Right? And of the love which he has to all the saints. Why do you think uh, he's saying that sort of thing? Shouldn't we all have love for the saints? Yes. Hmm? Look at verse uh, First John chapter three, verse number fourteen. Yes, please. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. What is John saying here? Right? What is John saying? We know that we have passed from death unto life. Right? What does he mean? Before the coming of Christ, we were, we had no hope. We had no hope. Yeah, but after um, Christ came and sacrificed for us, we have no life. So we move from death unto life, the opportunity for everlasting life. Exactly. So we pass from death because if you don't obey the gospel of Christ, you're what we would consider the phrase dead man walking. Amen. Right? Dead man walking. Meaning that you're you're dead. Now, in the gangster world, that would be that you know you about to be dead, right? In the gangster world, uh, when they say that term, dead man walking, right? But he's saying what Jesus basically has said earlier about let the dead bury their dead, right? They're dead because they have not obeyed the gospel, right? So he's saying that we, talking about Christians, right? We have passed from death unto life. We have something to look forward to. And notice what he said. He says, because, right? We're talking about eternal life. We're talking about because we what? Love the brethren. God. If you're going to be one who's serving God, you must love the brethren. Right? And the Bible says, again, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. In other words, you're not going to see God in the end in the way you're looking forward to. In other words, you're going to be eternally damned because if you can't love God, I mean, if you can't love your brother, how are you going to love God? Amen. Right? So, uh, look what the scripture says, even in the same, in the same text. Verse number 15. Whosoever hated his brother is a what? A murderer. And you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. And notice what he says in verse number 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because
thought he'd lay down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Wow. If you love your brethren, in other words, you will be willing to lay your life down for them. Amen. Wouldn't you be willing to lay your life down for your children? For your loved ones? Amen. So that they can continue to go on? Because if you love your brethren, you'll be willing to lay down your life for them. So as we look at this again, he's saying in, in Colossians 1 and 4, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which he has to all the saints, he says again in verse number 5, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Amen. Whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Hmm. You can't make it into heaven until you are faithful and you have obeyed the word of truth. That's why we hope for what? For this. Amen. Y'all hoping Ought to be hoping for heaven. Hmm? We're going to see uh, later on in in the book of Colossians where he talks about set your hope on things above, not on things of the earth, right? We're going to see that later on. Our hope should be for us to be in heaven, right? Amen. And the only reason why we can hope for it is because we have passageway through obedience of the gospel. Nobody going into heaven can make it unless you get the understanding and belief and faithful following of the obedience of the gospel. Amen. Our time is up. Are there any last comments? I want to thank you again as we continue going through this book again. This book, Paul never saw the church at Colossae, and he got this information from the papyrus. We'll hear from him later in the chapter. And so Paul's about to write to them about things that they need some help with. Certain things were creeping into the church that needed to be addressed. We'll talk about those as the time, as we get to those times in the lesson.